If you could please join me in praying one Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Heavenly Father, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we ask that your Holy Spirit fall down upon us. And please speak to us, Lord, in a way that we can understand, so that we leave here with a desire to change and be more conformed to your Son, Jesus. And we make all these prayers in Jesus' name, who is Lord and Savior and King forever and ever. Amen. Pearl Harbor. Most of us were not alive for that, but some of us were. And when that event happened, it was very interesting as the bombing happened from the Japanese on American soil. Men and women didn't have this disposition in our country. They didn't think, I'm not strong enough to do anything, or I'm not patriotic enough, I'm not ready to help out. The the miracle of that time period was people didn't think about themselves. They actually thought about others. They thought about their own country. And as soon as Pearl Harbor was bombed, and people heard about it on the radio or read about it in the news, men and women ran to recruiting stations. And there was actually lines to sign up and serve their country. Men signed up to be soldiers, and women signed up to be nurses to serve the military. There was a need, and they didn't think of themselves. They thought of others and their country. Bombs, literally destroying their own country, with this unfortunate news. And they didn't think about themselves. My hope that is for everyone here, in one way or another, you become like those men and women of our earlier portion of our country. When they heard of a need, they responded by thinking about others and not themselves. I'm going to drop a metaphorical bomb on you all in just a moment here. And I need your response in faith. My hope is that everyone here again answers like those men and women at Pearl Harbor. On Tuesday, Father Jerry and myself were able to drive up to our cathedral with our bishop, David Ricken. And after he gave his homily, and after we received communion, he sat us all down and he said, I have some unfortunate news to reveal to you all, which I'm going to share with you. There was an analysis study of data for all dioceses in the United States from the year 2015 to the year 2021 of finding out, is that diocese healthy, borderline healthy, maintaining, or unhealthy? And to be considered healthy, you had to be at least ordaining one man in your diocese for every 100,000 Catholics. Our diocese is not doing that. Checkbox unhealthy. 
The second one was the diocese does not have or does have enough seminarians to support ordinations needed, and then we also failed there, so we are unhealthy there. And then also that at least 15% of priests are extern priests. That means they are originally from that diocese, born and raised. Uh, we do not have that. So we actually have over 50% of our priests are either mission priests or are um, incarnated, transferred from other dioceses. So check mark unhealthy. And also, more than 50% of your parishes have a resident priest. Checkbox unhealthy. That means the Diocese of Green Bay, which includes Oshkosh, is considered unhealthy. And maybe it's because we have forgotten that we exist for others. During the past two years, we've seen the pandemic actually lift a veil at how mental health is on the rise, how suicide rates are on the rise, how divorce rates are on the rise, how people are literally losing the will to live. We see the opioid crisis. And the hard thing is, very few of us, and I'm not pointing fingers because I don't know you all, but very few of us are pointing fingers at ourselves saying, what can I do about this to help others? What we do is we think, I'm not holy enough, but those at Pearl Harbor didn't think they were patriotic enough. They, just, they saw a need and they answered because they went to go get training, right? And we're all in a Pearl Harbor moment in the church, and yet I wonder who will step forward to discern God's call to be his priest, God's call to be a religious sister. And for those of you who are already in your vocation, if you are married, who is going to pray these men and women into God's hands? Are we going to point fingers and say, I'm not holy enough, or I can't do anything? Or are we going to see an opportunity and get on our knees and beg and pray the Lord to help these women get into the convent and men get into the seminary? Who's going to encourage a culture of vocations? And all of this will take everything you have. Notice how the men and women who left and went to go serve our country after the bombing at Pearl Harbor, they had to leave everything behind because they did something noble, they did something virtuous, they did something above themselves for a greater good. And so is the same for Jesus as he left heaven to come down to earth. He left everything to come to you, for you and me for our good. But yet it's interesting because as we see atheism on a rise, we also see suicide rates go up, we see anxiety go up, and we see pain in people's hearts going up. And the one thing I want us to focus on here is that Jesus allowed himself to be pierced totally, just for you. His hands were pierced by the nails, and every time that nail was pounded into his hand, a bomb of pain went off, and he suffered it all just for you, because he loves you. And same went down when he went down to his feet, and they pound the nails into his feet. I don't know if you've like, ever been tickle-tortured before, but your feet have a lot of nerves there. You have to imagine what it would be like to have a giant spike put through, the, put through your feet. And he took it on, and he was pierced totally just for you and me because he loves you. 
and he would have died if you were the only person on earth. And he left heaven just for you and me. And he was thinking of the Father's will for your life and my life. You know, when God created you and I, he has a dream in mind for you and I. And I don't think it has to do with all this high amount of anxiety or depression or suicide rates or selfishness, right? I think a lot of it has to do with him creating you for a specific purpose because you're born now and you're here. Just like those men and women, they saw a need and they went. And right now, there is a great need in our diocese. But it wasn't just the, his hands and feet that were pierced for you and I. It was his whole body. Remember that? His head was pierced with those thorns, and those, the crown of thorns had poisonous thorns, so it would have made his face blow up, right? Make him look repulsive, as we heard in our first reading. People wouldn't even want to look at him. Sometimes we don't want to look at the need because we look at ourselves. But if you look at the need... And you look that God created you in the time of this need. That means there's a call and a need for response. And it wasn't just his crown of thorns that was piercing his face and his head. It was also his side. That's one of my favorite places to pray. At the pierced side of Jesus. Last year, if you were here, you would have heard Father Jerry preach about how he takes a cross and he kisses the wounds of Jesus. Right? And I, I, I love the pure side of Jesus because when I saw the need and, and I felt God calling me to be his priest, it didn't get any easier. It actually got a lot harder. And actually my side was literally pierced because when I finally hit the nail on the head of what the Lord's will was for my life, the devil didn't like that. And I started having a lot of health issues and my right lung collapsed like two times and then three times and four times and five and se- the seventh time. I'm like, all right, Lord, I've had enough. And I have scars, right where Jesus has scars. And I, my problem was, it was, I needed to be put on a hospital bed to let myself be helped. I was so prideful that the Lord brought me to that place. He said, will you let the church help you? And seminarians would come visit me in the hospital. And priests would come anoint me. And lay people would come and bring me communion. But I needed to humble myself and not rely on my own merits. But what was given to me was an empathetic heart, a heart of compassion for those who suffer. So if you're suffering right now, I'm not okay with that, but I I feel what you're going through. And our church right now is suffering, and I'm not okay with that, but now I'm here to encourage you to pray Because when Jesus' side was pierced, it went all the way to his heart. And what came out? Water and blood, which symbolized the sacrament of baptism and the Holy Eucharist, of God's desire to adopt us into his family. When you're adopted, you don't, you don't choose your family. God, you're, you're chosen. That means each of us is chosen as God's beloved son and beloved daughter. And he would have chosen you if you were the only person on earth. He would have chosen me if I was the only person on earth because he loves us that much. The point of leaving heaven and going to the cross just for you and me to win you back for all eternity, right? And he chose to be with us in the Eucharist. That's how he chose to be with us. To be present with us in every single church. So when things are going crazy, you can come to him and he'll be waiting there for you and he'll give you what you want 
but it doesn't happen so easily because you need this. Silence. We've been so blessed at the Newman Center to have Father Mark Malesva and Father Adam Bradley and Taylor Geiger of the vocation team come visit us. And they told us the reason why most men and women aren't answering God's call is because they don't have this. Silence. And it's not easy. In a world that's distracting, I hope it's the Holy Spirit with that phone ringing off, going no problem. But it's not easy to find silence because you have to carve out time. But it's also what you need is you need friends around you to support that silent culture. And, you know, as, as, as far as, like, becoming a priest or becoming a religious sister, like, you know, Father Jerry and I, we didn't become priests because we had nothing better to do. We became priests because Jesus somehow called to us. He broke through our deafness and he spoke to us in a way that we can understand, and he asks us to follow him. So whenever you're called to be a priest or called to be a religious sister or you're called to do anything in the church, it's always firstly an invitation. It's always a proposal, not an impulse. It's not imposed on you, right? So Jesus is calling out to all of us. If you're in your vocation, again, as, as married a person, you're being called to pray for your children, your grandchildren, or your great-grandchildren. And to be a priest because I don't know what it's like to be a religious sister, but to be a priest, it's a beautiful life. I love being a priest. I'm sure Father Jerry can say, we love being priests, we love being your priest, and we love you. And we love you so much that we come here to tell you the truth. And the Spirit will move each of us in different ways to engage our hearts, not just part of your heart, but your whole heart completely. Because the Father sent his Son, his whole heart, just for you. And as you and I approach the cross today, as we venerate the cross, Father Jerry and I are going to be kneeling at the sides here on these kneelers, praying for you to encounter the Father's love in Christ Jesus. We'll be praying beside you because we're here for you. In this time of need, we are literally begging you to, to get on mission with us. Because, as I said earlier, bombs are going off, we're unhealthy. And we need you. And our diocese isn't unhealthy. It's unhealthy because I think we've allowed our hearts not to be pierced. To go through the pain and the agony of what Jesus did for all of us. It's gut-wrenching. But it's called to convict you without any doubt that you are loved and you are worth it. And if you follow the Lord, it will be worth it. So when you come forward to touch the cross and to venerate the cross, will you allow him to love you? First thing. And just say thank you for your cross, Jesus. And will you allow his love, his cross, to pierce your heart completely? I pray that Jesus Christ crucified on this Good Friday sends forth his Holy Spirit upon you anew to convict your hearts that there's a need. We can't, keep we can't keep living this way. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And what do we know? The truth will set you free. And you are created for the truth. To know what God's plan is for you. When he created you, he created you with a purpose. And when you live your lives on purpose, other people find their mission.
And clearly right now, people are not doing that. And it is the cross that convicts us, the cross that compels us, and the cross that is called to pierce our hearts completely. This is meant to be a time where, again, it's gut-wrenching. When we think about ourselves and think, well, I'm not holy enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, but we think about what the Lord has done and rely upon Him more than ourselves. For every single man here who is not married, I'm guessing if you're under the age of 45 would be my guess what Father Mark would say, ask the Lord if He's calling you to be His priest. And is that how He created you to be happy? And for every woman here, we'll say under the age of 45, I don't know all our vocation directors for our convents, but ask the Lord, are you calling me to be your bride? And is that how you created me to be happy? And is that how I'm being called to answer the need in our diocese? And again, I pray the Holy Spirit falls upon you anew to have your heart convicted in the love of Jesus Christ crucified. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.